0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is a therapeutic, venting session of the Down the Drive podcast. I am Mike Schneid, Scotty Whitehouse, who killed it flying solo last week. Listen to that podcast at downthedrive.com or on iTunes if you haven't already. He's here. He'll join me in a second. And, I, you know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving coming up this week, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for Luke Fickle and for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. The Bearcats are 10 and 1. They have just one loss in the last 365 days to the best team in college football this season. They're the AAC East division champions. They've won 21 of 24 games, 13 straight wins at Nippert Stadium, back to back seasons winning, going 6 and 0 at Nippert Stadium. They're the AAC East champions. They won 10 games. It's the seventh time in 13 years. And the second time, in the second consecutive year that they've won 10 games. And, oh, by the way, they are the AAC East champions. So, Scott, why are people so angry? If, after all those accomplishments and excitement I just listed, why can't we just take a step back and appreciate and be thankful for how special this season has been?
1: Well, thank you for having me back on. And, uh, yeah, thank you for letting me kind of run the show last week. I had a good time with it. And if you guys listen to the show, you would know why we're upset. This team has to wake up, and that's the kind of the theme of last week's show was waking up and playing to their abilities. We know this team is extremely talented. I mean, heck, last year they played unbelievable, and they damn near brought everybody back. So you think with another year underneath their belt, coming out, we would be not only winning all these games, which are expected, but dominating these games. And it's that fine line. It's a really, really thin line of, is it just the parody of college football at week to week and we're just, you know, we're winning and we're doing what we need to do and maybe everybody's coming out with their best shot or is it a real big issue right now? I'm going to say this and I'm going to give it's, it's one stat. Oh, sorry. It's two stats. And I know we'll talk more about this in the future or uh, for this podcast, but it's two stats nine for 25, 62 yards. That's one player who has those two stats and that's Desmond Ritter, there is some major issues with our passing game. And I said it last week on the on the podcast too, running game, offensive line, great. It's the passing that is such a major issue right now. So what were your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, the passing game, well, the passing game is clearly an issue, and the offense is an issue. And, well, I know you spoke a lot about this on the podcast, and I wrote a very impassioned, in defense last week after the South Florida game about Desmond Ritter and really sharing my thoughts about why I thought he will remain the quarterback and why he should remain the quarterback. And I was proven wrong. Uh, for all the reasons that I said he should be the quarterback, um, he was horrible on Saturday against Temple. And clearly, something needs to change and something needs to be done. But here's the thing, and here's my You know, sort of – and I'm not defending Ritter. Ritter was really bad. You just gave his numbers. But it's – you if – but – and look, everyone's entitled to their opinion on Ritter. I welcome all the takes. A lot of people said why – that I was wrong, that he shouldn't still be the quarterback. And people came at me, they backed it up, and they gave legitimate reasons why he should be benched. And I respect those opinions. But if you think that the sole issue of this offense and that everything – That has gone wrong would be solved. From benching Desmond Ritter and inserting Ben Bryant, your opinion would be wrong. And if that's what you think, you just haven't been paying attention enough to this offense. That's what I think. and I I can tell you why in a second, but I want to give you a chance to respond to that first.
1: So let me make sure I'm understanding. You're saying that you think we should bench Ritter and start Ben Bryant?
0: I think that the offensive issues go way deeper than the quarterback position. Gotcha, and gotcha. Here's, here's what, here's what I'm saying. If you watched that game yesterday, Ritter made, and part of, part of why I was defending Ritter is he's proven that he's a capable quarterback. He hasn't made many, many, if any, really good plays in a long time. But last, but on Saturday night, he made two great throws. He had Josiah DeGuara, who snuck past the defender and he threw it right past that linebacker, hit him right on the chest. That would have been six. guards dropped it. Earlier before that, he had Alec Pierce deep. Pierce leaped over the defender, and the ball slipped out of his hands. Those were two unbelievable throws by Ritter. Now, if you want to blame Ritter for the deep shot to Medeiros where he underthrew him, if you want to blame him for the 15 other overthrows and inaccurate passes, that's fine. Those were bad passes. But I'm not going to blame Ritter for the terrible decision on first and goal after the punter sacked himself, to throw the ball. That's on the offensive coordinator. That's on the offensive line for not giving him enough time to make something happen. He was running for his life as soon as the ball was snapped. Yes, it's his fault that he didn't throw the ball and he took the snap, but he shouldn't have been in position to throw the ball in the first place. So my point is, yes, Desmond Ritter is a problem, but if you put Ben Bryant or even Evan Prater, or Gunnar Keel, or Geno Gadouli, or they're still not going to have wide receivers that can separate from the defenders, and that they're going to drop the ball. They're still going to play behind a bad offensive line, and they're still going to be saddled with the same bad play calling. And I'm not sure that swapping out the quarterbacks is going to solve everything.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to solve everything. I, I don't You can't swap quarterbacks. So whoever is saying that, I mean, you're just an idiot. And I'm sorry, but it's not, and I know the quarterback's the most, the backup quarterback's the most popular person on the team or whatever that saying is, but we're, we're 10 and 1 with this group. And so, and we're two games, well, three games away from the end of the season. So it's time to ride or die with this group. In this session that we're having tonight, maybe you should be more geared towards what can the team do at all to change, um, the dynamics moving forward. And then you, you said that one thing is, is have a better offensive line that's going to protect our quarterback. Yes, Ritter should have thrown that ball in that sack. Everybody said that at that, in the fourth quarter. But again, he's run he has three or four defenders on his ass. As he's running for his life. That's not Ritter's fault there. Um, but on the flip side, and this is what I don't understand, and, and again, I've, I've said this, I'm not a football guy from a perspective, I don't understand the X's and O's, and I never said I would be able to understand it. But why is Michael Warren and Dokes having great rushing games? Like, so, so is, I get the offensive line from a rushing perspective, and the push forward is better from the blocking perspective. And I, I don't know if, if that, if that's the case. And, and Mike, maybe you have a little bit more say in that. I don't, but there's definitely, a, there's something going on there where we have great rushing attempts. The other thing too, real quick about the offensive plays. And I will say it does dove down to Ritter on a lot of those zone reads. Um, you know, it's up for Ritter to decide whether he wants to go ahead and keep the ball or not. And if you listen to that game, I, I as I said, I wasn't at the game. I know we'll talk about attendance in a second, but um I wasn't at the game, so I was watching it on T V as most everybody was. They kept saying it's Ritter needs to hold on to this ball. Ritter needs to hold on to the ball. It's the next play. Ritter needs to hold on to the ball. And when he finally does, he's going to have a nice 15, 20 yard. But he just wasn't doing that. And I didn't understand that. I was like, come on. And the last time, it was like third and four, he actually passed the ball. I literally shouted, hold on to the ball, run it. He wound up getting the first down. It was at the end of the game there. Um But, um yeah, just so, I, I, there's so much to talk about. I don't know. But go, let's go back to the offensive line aspect. Why do you think we're... Having such success in the rushing game from blocking and pushing forward than having success from holding off the, you know, the defenders, um, that are trying to sack Ritter.
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure, like, you know, the ins and outs of the offensive line. Obviously, it's two separate types of schemes. It's your run blocking and your pass protection. I'm not sure why they can block, why they can block for the run so much better than they can pass protect. I, I really, I don't know, but I think part of the thing with the offensive line, and I've said this for several weeks now, I think because Desmond Ritter, like I said, he's proven that he's capable. I think a lot of these issues are mental. I think he's been hurt for a long time, and I think he's covering it up. So I think that's part of it. I think he knows that he has to speed up his internal clock because of the line. I think he's afraid of maybe getting hurt more. I think he's afraid of what the receivers are going to do, when he's overcompensating. I think a lot of what Ritter is doing is just all – mental and I think that's part of his struggles and just to clarify I'm not, you know, I am defending him but if you want to call for him to get benched, that's fine if people really think that Bryant could fix this and maybe he can't because maybe Bryant can throw a competent pass downfield and maybe he could throw it accurately I'm just saying it's not going to solve everything but at this point I'm all for trying something because it's obvious that the offense that we're running the last couple of games, UConn excluded, is not going to beat Memphis. So, and if we don't beat Memphis on Friday, we're, we're going to play them again. We're not going to beat them either time playing the way that we are. So yeah, something has to change. And I, I don't know what that something is. I, clearly running the ball is working. I, I know you have to, you have to throw the ball to open up the pass, but I don't know, can we just run the ball six, I used to do this in Xbox, we just run the ball sixty times?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't get it. Also, we have a new Bearcat fan, uh, we, uh, I'm, uh, I'm dad, on dad duty right now, and my wife's out on the groceries, and my little two and a half year old just came up the stairs. So you're gonna hear a lot of random noises in the back. Um, that's just him, you know, hitting his face on the side of the wall and stuff like that, but it's going to get a lot
0: of loud. Is that why he's hitting his face against the side of the wall?
1: (laughs) He is not. He's giving me the shush sign because he knows I'm on the, on the podcast, but no, he's, he's not, but he does watch any sort of football that's on TV. It's go Bearcats. He doesn't associate. He just knows that football means Bearcats typically. Um, so that's a good thing. We've taught him well. Here he's coming over to give me the shush. Yes. Um, anyways, but no, you know, there's so much, God, I don't even know where to start, honestly. And I know we've been, you know, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm afraid that we go into this Memphis game and just get trounced. And I don't know if I, I I'm at a loss from words, really. Last night, I was laughing a lot, um, not from a good laugh, but a bad laugh. You know, I, I, it, it's tough. And again, I'm, I'm, I've never been this way, typically. I normally have stuff to say. But for this particular game, I don't have anything to say because I said it last week. This team has to wake up. This team has to move forward um, and, and be better. They're just not going to be right now. Um, yeah, I, I've said it all. I mean, I, I don't it's know,
0: really. It, and this is why I said in the opening, like, why are people complaining? Why are people so upset? I obviously, I'm joking. I obviously understand why people are upset, and I'm upset. I, I'm not happy. I don't want this to be happening. I want to play better, but. Somehow, some way, we've won 10 games yeah. with this heavy offense yeah. and we've just found ways to win. And that's kind of my attitude going into the Memphis game is like, why are we just dismissing this team? Somehow, some way, maybe they'll dig down deep and find a way to win. I, I think that They're going to have a game plan defensively because Marcus Freeman is one of the best in the country, and this defense has really shown us a ton throughout the season. They've very rarely struggled. ECU game was obviously horrible, but I might chalk that up a little bit to level of competition to focus. I think when you really key in on this game, you know what the Memphis game means. You know that everything is on the line, and I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to have a game plan to stop the run. And that's the biggest thing when I watch Memphis, and I've watched them a lot the last few weeks, is I'm not scared of their quarterback, Brady White. It's Kenneth Gainwell and Patrick Taylor Jr. If he's playing the two running backs, those guys are amazing. And we are a great run defense. So that gives me a little bit of confidence. And our special teams is special. So I don't know. I, just run the ball. Get Warren involved. Get Dokes involved. Throw a couple more screens. There's short passes to Deguara. I mean, maybe you can open it up. You can see his arm strength. Or maybe you put in Ben Bryant, and he throws yeah. more accurate passes down the field. But, you know, I think it, a lot of this, I think, starts with the play calling. And I think Mike Denbrock really has done an absolutely awful job the last few weeks. Ritter's flaws and issues aside, I think the offensive coaching staff should all be assessed at the end of this season. Minus the running backs, Coach.
1: Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Do you think there's any, and this happens with a lot of teams, I, I, I think about this, I'm trying to be spin it positively. You got other than OSU, Marshall and UConn, what do those three games have in common? We were either blown out or we blew them out and we did not um, play to the competition. Do you think it's just a matter of us playing to our competition? Like, you know, if it's the Tulsa game, even we were sort of hanging around with them, ECU, uh, all those games. Do you think that we go to Memphis and we play up our competition? And, you know, if we play a team, we sort of play down it. Do you think that could be the – maybe the the hope?
0: I'm just – I can't stop – and I know that this isn't UCF's best team. I just can't stop thinking about that Friday night game, how Mm -hmm. unbelievable this team played. And the whole – the way that they schemed and game-planned for that one game where they basically threw the entire defense out the window and they had a whole new defense that they rolled out. And the offense looked good and they were able to move the ball. Again, I, this Memphis team is light years better than that UCF team. I just think that there's something I, – I, it's, it's like blind faith. And that's, again, part of why I was defending Ritter last week. It's blind faith that I have as a fan where I'm trying to be optimistic and I want to defend my guys and I want to – believe that because he's done it before, because he has won big games, and because he has played so well that he can do it again. I'm just not sure that he's healthy, and I saw some quotes from Fickle last night. If if it's true that Ritter is hurt, and that on... I mean, I saw something that he said on Tuesday or Wednesday, it looked like Bryant would go, and then Ritter was able to kind of man up a little bit and got better. I mean, if he can't go, then he shouldn't be going. I, I still think he gives us the best chance to win over Bryant, but You know, he's a liability right now. And if it's because of his health, then he can't be in there. And that's – I think the coaching staff is kind of holding us back.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So I think, you know, we've got a lot off the table. We feel pretty good. We just kind of let our feelings out. And that's okay to be a fan. And I want people to understand that there's a lot of people out there that you cannot have a opinion too strong or too weak from, uh, oh, this team sucks or this team is so great. You know, if, if we're at, if we're on here going, oh my God, we're the best team. We're 10 and 1. Why are we not talking about playoffs? You're going to have a lot of people say, whoa, slow your roll. You guys aren't that good. But if we're talking about how this team is, is not that great, uh, um, they're going to be like, wow, this team's 10 and 1. Why don't you talk about them being pretty good? So I'm going to say we got our frustrations out. Let is, let's talk about the positives. We are 10 and 1. As I said, I think we've sort of played to our competition. Um, we've won the games we needed to win. And that's just what it comes down to. Coming into Memphis – um, I think you're totally right. I think our defense is able to, um stop Memphis, which I don't know if Memphis has really seen a defense like, like ours that's uh, able to adapt. You, you nailed it perfectly with the Central Florida game. I mean, we did, they, they ran, what was it, like 67 plays in the first half? I mean, it was crazy. So, and our defense adjusted and they did, there was the whole bend don't break mentality. I talked about that Cam Jeffries pick that wound up taking it all the way back. They were at the three or four-yard line, and we intercepted and ran all the way back. So we are able to bend and not break, and that's what I love about this defense. Every game, it comes down to that. Um, Do I think we can beat Memphis? I do. As as negative as I've been on this team, I absolutely, the thing that's really, the reason I'm so upset is the talent is there. Do I think Ritter can come out on and play in Memphis? And if he is healthy... Put up a 250 game with three or four touchdowns? Absolutely. With another rushing or two on top of that? Yes, Ritter. We've seen that from him. We've seen the throws. So I do think playing hurt has a factor to do with it. But I believe in this team. I believe we are going to beat Memphis at Memphis. So I know I've been negative, but I'm saying this right now. I'm putting my foot down. I think we go into Memphis and win. There's just something about this team. It's a damn team of destiny, and we're going to win. Find out what happens after that. But I can tell you this. I don't want to play Memphis twice. Um, so if we win the first time, we don't have to. Well, luckily or hopefully, Houston can take care of business again, or Navy can take care of business of Houston. I don't want to play Memphis twice. But I do believe in this team. I believe moving forward. Yeah, I'm all in.
0: And then if we play Navy, it's the same theory and thought process as the defense. They're obviously yes, a run-oriented exactly. team. exactly. Yep. And- we saw it last year at Nippert. I know that last year's Navy team wasn't very good, especially compared to this year's team, but they had a whole defense rolled out for that game because they remembered what happened in Annapolis two years ago. Shit, I remember. I was there. That was horrible to watch. Uh, but they were ready for the triple option, and this is the same guys. I mean, it's it's Perry Young. It's Brian Wright. These linebackers were there in at the Navy game two years ago, and they know what it was like. So they're going to be ready for it. So, okay, I agree. I think we're going to beat Memphis, but I'm caveating it under these two conditions. Desmond Ritter has to be at least 95% healthy. If he's limited and if his arm is bothering him and if it's if it's truly limiting him, we're not winning if he's going to be a liability. And we need to score a non-offensive touchdown. If we score at least one non-offensive touchdown, we're going to win. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say exactly how we're going to score that touchdown. Trey Tucker. I love this game. He's so fast, and I, I think I tweet this at least once a game every week. He's so close on these kickoffs to returning it, and our special teams has just been so unbelievable that I think this is how the special teams proves to be special next week. It's going to be because of a Trey Tucker kick return, and that will prove to be the difference in the win against Memphis.
1: I love it. hey, I predicted the pick six against ECU no i didn't I didn't throw out the player, but let's go we we've been on fire. Um, I was way off on my predictions last week from um, the basketball perspective. Um, if you were I said Grand Canyon was gonna be in the championship. we'd be playing western Kentucky uh, second round, <laughs> and then we'd win every game by fifteen. so we need to we need a a refresher to hit the reset button and I love that prediction and I love the two predictions of winning yeah, so yeah.
0: And then, like you said, with the with, you know with the optimism and the conversations, yeah. Look, there's healthy debate, especially in social media, is great. And a lot of people are unhappy, and yeah, people should be unhappy. You should always strive to be the best and to be perfect. And this team is far from the best. Um, I spoke to my dad this morning, who referred to Cincinnati as the worst ten and one team in the history of college football. That might be taking it too far. Love it. It's I love it. Such a good take, it, though. <laughs> but you get the point of what he's trying to say, and that's why people are unhappy. And that's great that people are so passionate and that people want this team to be the best. And I love it as long as you can come at it with you know this perspective. And I, if if benching Ritter is going to be what it takes, then then so be it, then bench him. I, I want to do whatever it's going to take to win. I just, I truly believe that the offensive issues go much deeper than one player and one position. Um, but I, I believe in this defense. I absolutely believe in this defense and in the defensive coaching staff. And if the special teams can make one or two more plays against Memphis, this team just keeps finding ways to win. And yep. I'm going to continue to believe that they will find another way to win.
1: Love it. Love it. And also something to celebrate. We did a, a Nippert stadium record with, what was it, average attendance, uh, average attendance, uh, this season, the highest in stadium history since like the, or well, it was, it surpassed the 2010 season, but I thought, but, but if I'm not mistaken, I thought attendance was really, really down this year, Mike, and like no one was going to the game. So I don't understand
0: how that works. I don't know. That's what I was told. That's what <laughs> that's what a lot of people on Twitter says. And honestly, I thought that you know it's like Google, Wikipedia, Twitter. If you read something there, I thought it was supposed to be true. So it is. It's, it's all facts. It's interesting that we broke the attendance record. Look. You and I have talked about this. Everybody's talked about this, and I'm, quite frankly, just – I'm sick of it. I'm so tired of it, it. yeah. It's kind of – it's hypothetical. It's hypocritical for me to talk about, but here's the thing. It is what it is. You can't force fans to go. Everyone's going to have a reason, and there's always going to be reasons. People – there are – people do get married in the fall, and it sucks. You have to miss a football game to go to a wedding, or you you can't skip a kid's birthday, or – you know, in your situation, your wife's pregnant, and she. Wife's pregnant. pregnant. And she's it's freezing. You want to be out in the cold and rain. right. And I live in New York City. I, I couldn't afford to fly to, to Cincinnati this weekend, and, and I'm sorry for that. You know, everyone is always going to have an excuse, and it sucks that we can't find 40,000 people to come to every single game. It really does, truly suck, and I hate it. And I wish something could be different. But this is the world that we live in. This is the yeah. college sports. Just the, the sports in general. The world that we live in is people have a better experience watching games at home sometimes than they do going to games. It's a lot cheaper to watch oh, at home. Yeah. That's for sure. And on a night like last night, especially in your situation, it's a lot more comfortable to sit on the couch and order in and... Spend oh yeah with your family so
1: my suggestion on those type of things if you're unable to make it, especially the away games too is um and it's hard to do but you can sometimes get it perfect if you stream this is big here's a, here's a here's a a uc fan uh, tip. If you stream 700 WLW and then you watch the game, you can get it almost simultaneous. You just have to hit pause on one of the two and sort of get it to work perfectly. You can have Dan Horde be calling the games while you're watching it. That's what I did last night. It is so good. Like, it gives you so much more insight. Because those announcers, they're going to tell you the same thing. Oh, Desmond Ritter's is a sophomore. Red shirt. We're like, we already know that, all right? You don't have to tell us that. We know what he is, all right? Because they're trying to talk to the national crowd that's watching that game. But the, There's the, the, a
0: national crowd
1: watching that <laughs> Well, it was on ESPN, too. Maybe he's at a bar or something. You never know. But... Um, no, but that's the trick is to get it uh, tonight. Uh, when because uh, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon tonight during the UC game, I know I'll be uh, listening to 700 again. I think Mo Eggers <laughs> calling that game um, for the Paradise Sham. I'm the only ways I'm going to have to do that is because I can get the insight of what the game's actually happening. I won't be able to watch it for this damn stream. You know, it's like a damn <laughs> flip book. Watching nine, I think I, I said something like it's like watching uh, a still frame. Uh, for, uh, every nineteen seconds I get an update on my picture. Like, oh we now to, we do don't we have
0: a hoops? I wanted to vent about football. Do you want to vent about flow hoops in a <laughs> few minutes? Just
1: sure. Just uh yeah, that's we'll we'll how about a, a one minute hot <laughs> take on flow hoops. But I uh, know going back to it, sometimes you just can't make it to the games. Like I said, my wife's pregnant. I don't care that I wasn't able to go. It didn't really bother me. And my wife and I looked at each other and she's like, We went to every game, right? I was like Yep, other game is up tonight. And she goes, That was that's pretty good. There's stuff that happens. When we get season tickets, we don't expect to go to every single game. So if you can't make it, it's no big deal. It's just support, do what you can. I would to, what we actually did is we went to a pizza place, we wore our UC gear and we cheered loudly. So we were, you know, still, still involved, still doing what we can. And that's all you can do, you know, is support the team, do what you can, buy merch, you know, support. you know, just support. That's all it comes down to.
0: And it sucks, and it does suck. It sucks that you couldn't go. Well, you're in Cincinnati in sucks. November,
1: oh. and it's snowing. I mean, it's like, come on, like it sucks. But and it wasn't even. There's was a difference also between snow, let me say, and like that cold ass rain that was happening. That was it was gross outside. Like it was just, it was miserable. Like poncho. It doesn't matter what. Yeah, Weston, my son's downstairs screaming about it. Uh it didn't matter if you were in ponchos or any sort of snow gear. You were wet and cold that is the two worst combinations
0: and in and in your case without knowing your family i'm sure your wife is not the biggest cincinnati football fan she doesn't want to sit out there if i was in <laughs> cincinnati my wife would not want to be out there i would i would i would stand there in a poncho all night and get and get drenched and get sick i wouldn't care but for me it's not convenient and i'm one of 40,000 people like you can't it's it's so hard. Everyone has their own reason. Everyone has their own circumstances.
1: Yeah. It just, uh, talk about the attendance. It just is what it is. Um, let's move on. And if we have a home game in two weeks, crowd the stadium, do what you can.
0: Yeah. I just, there's a lot of, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it. This is still the largest attendance season. And, you know, I love what they did. I thought, the Twitter marketing campaign against the Bengals was hilarious. Uh, I know some people were offended yeah, and people it. were upset by it. No, I, I thought it. it was absolutely hilarious, but here's the thing about it. If you're a Bengals fan who's never been to a UC game, you're not going to all of a sudden. Especially when you're insulting the Bengals, you're definitely not going to. So, While it was hilarious and it was funny, I'm not really sure that they gained any new fans from it. I think you, you kind of appeased some Of your hardcore Cincinnati fans who like making fun of the Bengals because at this point everyone likes making fun of the Bengals, but well, are, they, are they making fun of the
1: Bengals because they're not? <laughs> are, are the Bengals bad? Yeah, they're
0: not very good. Just, oh, okay, I didn't know. You're just not getting anything from that marketing promotion. And at this stage, it's like you can only market to so much. I just don't think this is like a college sports town. I think they're into the pro sports, and part of it is. You have people that grew up in Cincinnati that didn't go to the UC, so they just might not care about UC football. And the other thing is I saw the excuse of like, oh, well, it's the opponent. You know, if we were in a better conference, if we were playing a better team, who do you want them to play? Who do people realistically want Cincinnati to play? Because Temple's a good team. Temple's beaten Cincinnati four years in a row, and they came in, I think, 7-3, and, and they had two wins over Power 5 schools. You know what? That's more than Syracuse, NC State, Northwestern, Arkansas. Are those schools going to move the needle? Are you going to show up to watch Cincinnati nope. versus Georgia Tech nope. or Cincinnati versus Northwestern? Those teams aren't moving the needle, but those are our power five schools. I mean, Ole Miss, Duke, Texas Tech, those are teams that have as many power five wins as Temple this season. I'm not going to fly out to Cincinnati just to see Cincinnati versus Duke. Like, that's not going to move the needle. And that's an ACC team. Temple is as good of a team as you're going to get to come to Cincinnati. And the AAC is awesome. The the conference is awesome. There are three teams with ten wins. And UCF might end up getting ten wins with their bowl game. And it's just, it's a fun conference. I just wish people had more respect for it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's, this is what it is. So, uh, um real quick on, I know we talked about, we were talking real fast on flow hoops and just the Paradise Jam in general. A little nervous about what's going on with Javen. Um, of my initial reaction, I was a little freaking out about the, you know, him blimping off. It sounds like he just kind of nicked his knee. Well, I'm sure we'll get more, um, understanding of how extensive that injury is moving um, forward. Um, hopefully, you know, we don't know when you guys are listening to this tomorrow. Um, I don't know if we will beat Bowling Green or not. Um, but thank God we don't have any more of these tournaments left. Regardless of what happens over the next two days, Flow Hoops is absolutely garbage. That gym is absolutely garbage. Um, and you posted or you all posted, a, a Down the Drive posted a, a article about how Brandon basically said, you know, unfortunately, you know, this schedule was already made before we got here and this is kind of the shadows of, of Mick still looming over this program. Um, but we don't have to deal with it anymore. So let's just try to get through these next, uh, two days holding each other's hands and praying quietly <laughs> as we, uh, uh, try to, try to get some sort of stream going. So it's yeah, Alec,
0: it was out. Alex Mitchum, uh, former Bearcat player. He <laughs> tweeted that news and in the pregame, Brandon said that. The goal in the future is to play in all televised events like this one. Of course. And next year, they're in the preseason NIT, which is in Brooklyn, New York. That'll be definitely picked up by like an ESPN network. There, are, I believe the plan is for Maui for 2021. I feel like I've been hearing Maui for like five or six years now. So I think in That'd 2021, they're playing in Maui. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, the Cayman Islands Classic, the Paradise Jam, all these tournaments suck. We've been over this before. It's just two different uh, scheduling philosophies. Mick wanted to kind of put us in these tournaments and get us away from Cincinnati, pad the wins a little bit, build the confidence. Brandon wants us to be battle-tested, and I really respect that. I would much rather lose a couple of non-conference games to the type of team that you're going to play in March, yep. as opposed to having three or four extra wins and then being unprepared in March, which... Quite frankly, I think is what happened the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about Javen. Hopefully, uh, when they get back from the island, the, the news is good on him and he's only I mean, uh, probably the best case scenario is he's out a few weeks. I don't know if he'll play against Xavier, which we know is by the way the same day as the AAC championship game. Yep. I, the last couple of years, the game has been at three thirty. I don't. It's not confirmed yet the football game for three thirty, but the basketball game is definitely at five. Yeah. So let's just pray that this thing starts at noon. Or if we play Memphis again, maybe we should just play it at 3.30. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now, let's hopefully hopefully it happens and uh, move forward, you know, cope from there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I'm, I'm, thank you for kind of throwing this together this afternoon and having an emergency event session because we definitely needed it just to get all our feelings out. I feel a lot better. Actually, I'm serious. I feel better. And I'm like, all right. Let's go. You know what, baby? We're ten and one. Folks, this isn't that bad. We are we are guaranteed a shot at the conference championship. And that's something that this team has not been able to say for what ten years? So this is this is pretty sweet. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna throw out a couple of things. Washington has put in the New Year's six bowl three straight years. They put in the Rose Bowl last year. Texas, you know, everyone knows Texas. Florida State has a national championship in the last six years. Tennessee is a blue, broad, blue blood program. Those schools are six and five. Those schools are, are going through some serious, serious issues right now, and they're all six and five, and they're talking about coaching changes and roster changes, and ah, all their fans are upset. We're 10 and one. Um, we all lived and we all survived the Tommy Tuberville era this could be a lot worse. I'm very thankful and appreciative we, for the way that this season has gone. I was optimistic about this season. It has been better than I expected. Um, that's to say we could end up losing these last three if things don't turn around. So I'm going to remain optimistic that we're going to find a way to get it done. Um, one last this way, thing.
1: One last thing you were saying. We at least have a football team. Other than some school in Norwood. Oh, so. <laughs>
0: and like and like Connor Barwin said, I think this was either in 2006 or 2007. Connor Barwin, at halftime of a basketball game, said, "If Xavier had a football team, we would kick their ass too."
1: Great way yeah. to end it, baby. One I of love my it.
0: favorite quotes of all time. We would yes. And on that note, let's go kick Memphis's ass on Friday. Thank you all for listening to our event session. Reply in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Feel free to disagree. And let's go, Bearcats.